Third of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted. No one is to use in part or full any portion of the show without express written consent from myself, Greg Dzinski, or the Art of Relationships. Thank you. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dzinski, also known as Master G, the Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners and help him with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G. Welcome, everybody. This is Greg Dzinski, licensed professional counselor, relationship and ooh-la-la sex specialist people. This is the Art of Relationships radio show, and I appreciate uh, everybody tuning in, listening to the show, and all the support. As always, people, you can give me a call. I want to hear your comments, your insights, even any ways I can improve the show. Phone number 586-212-4196. And you can also hit me up on Facebook, Darda Relationships, also under my name, Greg Dzinski. Make sure you visit my website as well, theartofrelationships.com. Guru. Today, Wednesday, being hump night and freezing our butts off here in Michigan. It's been nuts. So, topic of tonight. Gonna be a double whammy. Not a double donger, but a double whammy, okay? So, first I want to hit on the old age, right? What about after? Rhodesiacs. What the hell are these? And I'm going to finish up the show about rough sex. Of course, falling in line with the phenom, if you will, of Fifty Shades of Grey. I mean, Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Um, you know, what is it? Is it rough sex? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it only good if it is rough sex and are there taboos out there and are there gender differences about you know rough sex only men like rough sex and women don't or is it the opposite so we're going to get it on that aspect and that topic as well so again thank you very much for joining give me a call 586-212- 4196. You can also join me on the live chat. Throw up your comments. Again, it's anonymous. I definitely respect everyone's privacy in being anonymous. So that will always happen on the show. You call in, you will never be asked for your name. If you want to give it, that's up to you. But I'm not going to ask, okay? I'm not being rude. I'm actually being polite and respect... uh, your privacy, okay? So aphrodisiacs, are these a myth? 
How many people think they're a meath? Meath? Oh my god, sounds like me teaching uh, human sexuality today. I couldn't talk worth a shit. So, are these a myth? They're aphrodisiacs. They've been around, you know, since the beginning of time. And are aphrodisiacs, are they just, let's face it, potions? Are they just chemical potions? That's it, right? But everybody assumes aphrodisiacs, right, are something maybe you eat. Those are the most common aspects, right? But aphrodisiacs, oh, my God. The old school, if people remember, they're old enough. Um, I was just a kid when this was out. I'm talking not, not even a teen. And this was huge in the 70s and 80s. How many people out there heard of the aphrodisiac, the Spanish fly, right? Everybody, right, guys wanted their girlfriends, right, maybe even wives, to take the Spanish fly. Originated in Mexico and all this stuff that created, it was, what, the ingredients of some rare bug where they got the, right, ground up and all this stuff where they got the ingredient or the word Spanish fly where it came from, right? This, some people said it worked, some didn't. There was a myth, but the Spanish fly was also very, very dangerous to women, right? Usually the guys did not take it. They wanted to give it to the women, and this actually caused a lot of vaginal bleeding aspects, so this was not a cool thing. Like I said, Aphrodisiacs have been around for ever, beginning of time, right? Most aphrodisiacs, right? They center on maybe the taste. But I'm here to tell you, aphrodisiacs, if you use them right or appropriately, can they also center on the senses, right? Everybody forgets about that. You look at taste. What Foods can be aphrodisiacs, right? The number one aspect everyone assumes, oysters, right? Oysters make me horny, right? Are they slimy? How many people love oysters, right? Oysters on the half show. Oysters with hot sauce, or they might use them with, uh, shit, I can't even, cocktail sauce. I couldn't think of it. Maybe salt, pepper. Everybody's different, and everybody assumes you know, the aphrodisiac aspect about oysters and what what is it in oysters that creates maybe the randy feeling, right? Is it the ingredients, what it's made of, the protein? Does it help increase serotonin levels? Does it increase blood flow, right? All these aspects, or is it the texture? Typically, it's what the oysters are made of. You know, they increase the levels of protein, um, even calcium. A lot of people don't realize that as well. And not only that, the, you know, calcium components act as a relaxer. So if you're more at ease, right, you're not uptight, you're not pretentious. That also being relaxed is an aphrodisiac as well, right? And for those people that don't know it, if... You have sleeping problems out there. What's this have to do with aphrodisiacs, right? I want them to stay awake, not fall asleep. But just like a Tom's or calcium tablets, right? 
at dinner time can help regulate and actually promote healthier sleep patterns. Ah, just a little tidbit to help people out out there with sleeping problems. But, okay, oysters, the most probably common or people so forth say about an aphrodisiac aspect. What about other things that taste, right? What about comfort foods? Number one, chocolate people. How many people love chocolate? And women, let's face it, when it's that time of the month, nothing tastes better than chocolate, right? Chocolate, it's an antioxidant, especially dark chocolate. Makes you feel good, gets the, the vibes going and everything, right? Not only that, the chocolate, the taste of it makes you feel good. It's comfort, right? Ice cream can do it. Everybody loves, not only that, the combination of chocolate and strawberries <clears throat> kicks up the central elements from the taste and gets you in a relaxed and a more juicy mood. Ooh. What other aphrodisiacs have you heard of as well? And I'm going to get through these as well with smells and scents and also maybe what you see, right? Hit me up. I want to hear your comments on this. 586 2124196, right? And aphrodisiacs, you got to be careful. You don't want to come. Everybody's, oh yeah, my aphrodisiac is the date rape drug, right? Ecstasy, GHB, uh, you name it, right? No, that's bullshit. Those are date rape drugs. And believe it, some take them. I'm not a big fan of them. Some people love having sex with ecstasy and everything. Then do you start relying on that? Is it because it reduces your inhibitions? Or is it af- actually an aphrodisiac? I'm not a big on a lucid drug use. I'm not huge on those being aphrodisiacs because you start relaying or... Uh, relying on them. There we go. I can't talk. You start relying on all those and all of a sudden you're trying to measure up all those aspects, the ecstasy or the old school LSD tripping on those. And I'm not a big fan of them because they can cause a lot of problems down the road. And a lot of people use them, you know, of course, ecstasy, um, you know, other GHB, other date rape, Molly, all these aspects, hallucinogens. And that you're looking at Missing out on reality. So, if you're doing something that you would not ordinarily do, right? Then you look at that's bullshit and that's going to cause harm. So, you know, if you're only hallucinogenic and it's a drug that's doing it and inducing uh, irrational senses, then those aren't healthy for you. Oh, we got someone on live chat. Fireball, I agree. And I'm going to get into aphrodisiac. Oh, you're getting ahead of me. Fireball, right? Of course. Alcohol. (laughs) Fireball, whatever your choice of booze is, right? Booze is a huge aphrodisiac. Why is that, right? And everybody out there, it's an aphrodisiac when it's, what about, uh, Guys having uh, the old adage, uh, whiskey dick, where they can't get it up or the hard time getting it, getting up because they're drunk too much, right? And alcohol also, you have to remember, ladies, some alcohol can desensitize your 
ability to reach orgasm for you to come, ladies. So being too drunk, desensitized, that's not good. But having a few drinks, oh, hell yeah. Let the inhibitions go in, right? Apparently the, ch- the one on chat is uh, a fireball fan gets her going and everything, which is great. But alcohol, red wine, wine, whatever your choice, it can act as a aphrodisiac, and you it's more or less your inhibitions going. And are you doing that? It just gives you the courage to be horny, right, and let your inhibitions go versus, right, what, what you ordinarily wouldn't do? Yeah. I think you ordinarily would do alcohol, liquid courage gives you maybe the ability, eh, maybe, to follow through with it. How many people are with me out there? I want to hear this. Alcohol, yeah, I like getting drunk because it lets my inhibitions go or just getting a buzz on there, right? If you're so drunk or too much alcohol, it does what for women as it does for men. It decreases the ability to get off, and let's face it, we're having sex to feel. It can feel good, but it also can get frustrating as hell if you don't get it off, right? Right, ladies? And you start getting rubbed raw because the guy's on a conquest to get you off, and if you are numbed out because of the alcohol, that's not a cool thing, too. Okay, what else? It talked about chocolate, ice cream, right? Actually, ice cream does to guys what chocolate does to women. Uh, the antioxidant properties and all these aspects, but you get at the tastes are huge. So basically, whatever you love, right, as a food, usually typically it's as a treat. Oysters aren't really a treat per se. They can be a meal and everything else. But we're talking um, typically treats tend to be a huge aphrodisiac. And that is, you know, the chocolate, the ice cream, the strawberries. What else? What other foods can be aphrodisiacs? And a lot of it has to do maybe with the sugar aspects. Avocados, pomegranates, believe it or not, some also believe bananas are an aphrodisiac. Not a sex toy, ladies, right? They might get all mushy, and that's not good. <laughs> but um, some people believe bananas have an uh, aphrodisiac property to them. But avocados have been known for a long time. Pomegranates, actually, believe it or not, what about the spicy foods? They get your blood pumping, right? You get you heated up, and... Believe it or not, these spicy foods can be aphrodisiac. Some people can't handle a high spicy foods, hot chilies, right? And, they, and, you know, everyone goes to Mexican foods or even Thai food. They can be an aphrodisiac, and they get you sweaty. They get you pumped up, get your blood going, and get more, you know, blood flowing throughout your body for one thing. and also creates uh, more diverse episode or episodes aspects i should say of oxygen flowing throughout your body so you get the extra blood flow and everything else oh and god she's taking the wind out of my sails here the lady on chat 
Anytime you feed your partner with your hands, that is an aphrodisiac as well, right? However, is that an aphrodisiac? Is it the act? And we're going to get into that. Like I said, everyone assumes it has something to do with the taste. That's true. But I'm going to come back to feeding your partners with your hands. And those are actions and tying in with the sight, right? That ties in with the sight as an aphrodisiac as well. And I'm going to come back. I'm not going to forget you and come back about that. That is sensuous that you feed each other, right? Um, that's an axe. That's sort of an intimate. Or is it more like taking you back? I'm going to throw you off on this. Or is it taking it back when you're a baby getting fed by your mom or dad and that turns you on? <laughs> I'm joking. I just threw that out there, the joke, the mess with the chatter. But, okay, the foods. The other aspect, everyone, so I touch on those, okay? Avocados, pomegranates, uh, bananas, possibly. Hot chilies and anything that has the hot spicy foods in it act as aphrodisiacs, okay? Now, I'm going to get also, what about smells? Those are taste, right? What about the smells, people? What smells sort of get you in the mood, get you horny, right? Believe it or not, how many people would think of cucumber and licorice? Not only for women, but for men too. The smell of licorice and cucumber, and believe in it's even more potent when you have these two scents together. Cucumber and licorice and vanilla, believe it or not, vanilla as well. That tends to be more aphrodisiac for women than it does for men. So what other scents out there sort of drive you wild? And these are on average. You might have your own special scents, right? What might work best for you? What, what do you want to smell that turns you on? Why do you think? People wear perfume or cologne. And some women, right, get immediately turned on if a man is wearing Brute by Fabergé. No, I'm, I'm kidding. That's just wrong. But, you know, they might have their favorite, be it oh, the Eyewater and Polo, uh, the old school Dracar, right, or um, the One, right? I, everyone has what grabs them and intensifies and maybe gets them more in the mood if it's a certain scent. Guys, do we or are we always in the mood and it doesn't matter what a partner is wearing, what perfume they're wearing or anything? Or maybe they have a, a certain scent, right, of shampoo, body wash. Do those sort of get our juices going? And the scents are huge. Even like cucumber and licorice. Where do you get smells? They can be in candles. They can be in oils, right? Scented oils can be huge as well. What else? What other things get your juices hopping and popping and just going nuts, right? What about the most obvious that people don't even look at the smells right the taste chocolate right what about the sense of the skin all these 
right? Everyone thinks aphrodisiacs are what? A potion you take or oysters, right? Something you swallow. <clears throat> oh, wait. <laughs> I just lost my, lost my train of thought. Anyways, they entice aphrodisiacs. You can enhance the senses that bring about sexuality and bring about horniness or arousal aspects, right? So the skins, what do you like to feel on your skin? What about just touching each other's skin, right? Is that an aphrodisiac? Huge. And there's also comfort. And actually, couples, believe it or not, couples that sleep naked, skin to skin, they tend to be closer. They tend to be more relaxed. Ooh, something to think about. But also, what do you intensify aphrodisiacs? How many people use a little play to intensify the senses of their skin? What about like a silk scarf, right? And the old adage or tool about getting tickled with a feather. It stimulates the skin, right? The feel of silk. Maybe you like cotton. What about velour? right? How many people, even the way you touch, and this is going by with the, maybe what the chat says, that getting fed, right, is a visual sense, but it also adds to what? The texture of maybe the food, not only the taste of the food, but the texture of the food on the lips and tongue, the lips and tongue, skin, right? So you can incorporate all these aspects into that, right? So what do you like to feel on your, that makes you feel sexy, ladies? Everyone usually talks about the scents and the skin, how you're into keeping your skin soft. But what about the men? You don't hear this that often. And ladies, what can you do to use the male's skin as a sense to kick up the aphrodisiac, right? Everyone assumes aphrodisiacs are only for men, right? To use on women, right? Because men are always horny, women are not. That's bullshit. But I'm helping you create aphrodisiacs here for both of you guys, okay? For the men and women. So you look at what helps and... Arouse your partner with the skin too, right? So we covered taste, smells, and also the skins, right? And hit on with the chap about feeding each other. So it's not only that. It's erotic with the sight about it, but it's erotic with the texture. And some people enhance that texture with blindfolding, right? Ooh, chatter, do you do that and feed each other? right? Do you let them smell it before they taste it? Or do you tell them not to smell it, just taste it? What about blindfolding? Does that enhance, right? It makes you maybe smell a little bit deeper. It might even taste a little bit stronger. So how many people incorporate a blindfold when they're working with the smells, the taste, and the feels of the skin, right? And what would your partner love to feel on their skin? And a lot of this 
I think depends on our mood, right? That's huge. And can you read each other on maybe what would work best in a given mindset or mood that your partner is in, right? Those are huge. Also, another aphrodisiac I'm not going to leave off. What about sounds, right? Isn't an aphrodisiac that you just talk dirty to your partner? I had that on another show. Or maybe even arouse you sound as an aphrodisiac. You know what? I want to kiss you all over. God, I can't wait to taste you. God, I love the way you taste, the way you smell. Would you like those sounds? What about also, everyone talks about mood music, right? You probably haven't heard that term that much anymore. But what about mood music? What do you know what your partner really is a hard rock? You know, yeah, get all turned on, riled up, getting ready for hard, rough sex, right? Ooh, we're going to talk about that in a bit after the break. Or do you want R&B Marvin Gaye, right? Barry White. Is it the sound of the voice, the deep? rapture voice that gets you hot, bothered, and sort of tantalates your auditory senses. Now, if you incorporate more than one of these, oh, la, la, right? So you add mood music, booze, (laughs) no, chocolate, ice cream, strawberry, the scent of cucumber. The more you can incorporate, typically, the more of an aphrodisiac property you will have, right? Do you need these all the time? No, right? Maybe you just need music. Maybe you both are tired and can just reach over bedside table, light candles that smell like cucumber, licorice, vanilla, right? Some people like the scent of apple cinnamon or pumpkin pie, right? You have to hit on what works for you guys these are just ideas concepts if you will and these are on average what sort of kicks up and works for aphrodisiacs so just don't think aphrodisiacs are about consuming something eating something like a potion magic potion okay use and sort of experiment right experiment together that makes it more fun right? Trial and error? What the hell, right? Not a big deal. So try it, try it, work it, see what happens and use what intensifies your sexual appetite, okay? I will be back and we're going to get into rough sex and can you sort of tie in aphrodisiacs to rough sex or is it more in tune to just mild lovemaking, deep, passionate, soulful sex, okay? I'm going to be back in a few moments, people. So thanks for listening. I'm going to be back after a short break. I will talk to you in a bit. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. She has hand-painted, uh, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shay on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shay on Facebook. 
Hey everybody, this is uh, Greg Dzinski, a.k.a. Master G. Back, the Art of Relationships radio show. Welcome back, everybody. That was Skyway Traffic. Get a little bit closer. 
Check out Skyway Traffic on YouTube, all, all, all over the place, okay? Check them out. They got some cool songs uh, written, of course, by him, by Eric, and also a lot of cover uh, bands, a uh, little tweaking and stuff. So I appreciate you. Welcome back. First half of tonight's show, we talked about aphrodisiacs. Remember, you want to key in the senses and also mix them up a little bit, right? What you smell, what you taste, as the chat so wise mentioned, right, was maybe feeding each other fruit, bananas, maybe feeding each other each other. (laughs) That could be an aphrodisiac as well. So... That is huge. So the visuals, you know, I didn't touch on, but you can use the visual, you know, the lingerie, dressing up. What would it be sexy if you were a wife, you came home in a suit and tie versus being blue jeans, whatever. So the senses, colors, um, the lighting, the candles, that all ties in with the visual aspects as well. So the visual, right, aphrodisiac, if a lady's in a – and uh, a nighty, sexy negligee, right? Right? Or ladies, would you like your guy wearing a, a freaking G-string? <laughs> no, oh God, no. I hope not. But some women might like that. So hit on the visual. What, you know, what appeals to you and what ties in all the senses can be used as an aphrodisiac, right? So remember that. They're huge. Use one, two at a time. And you might be already doing this and not even realizing that what you're doing is an aphrodisiac, okay? Now, we're going to flip it up. Now, you got the aphrodisiacs kicked up, right? You got them popping. You got the scents of cucumber, licorice going. Maybe you have the chocolate-covered strawberries. Maybe you've had a few drinks as an aphrodisiac to kick up those. Now, what do we do about, do you want rough sex, right? Do you want rough sex, right? And what the hell is rough? sex is it just hard oh my god just thrusting pounding in and out oh my god screaming yelling oh baby baby Ooh, right (laughs) is it that what is rough sex to you give me a call 586-212-419 sex or how many people out there right the rougher the better right yeah, not always. Everybody's different. And you look at, you know, everyone rough sex. That's it. Dominatrix and bondage and the old, you know, Fifty Shades. Is it S&M? No. What is rough to you, right? However, most rough sex, right? Maybe rougher, harder, pounding, thrusting, like I mentioned, right? Do you enjoy that? However, most Rough sex, right? You have to remember, typically, rough sex only has to take place or maybe should take place when you're fully aroused or someone could get hurt, and we don't want that. We want you to hurt, you know, what was it, John Manling Cougar 
Um, hurt so love. You know, hurt so good. Ooh, baby, do you want to hurt so good? We want to hurt so good. We don't want to hurt so bad, right? So typically, when you're getting into rougher sex aspects, it's best when you're fully aroused, both, right? Typically, the woman needs to be fully aroused in the heat of passion to enjoy and be in the rough sex, okay? Now, you all have taboos, right? Again, like anything else, I talk about boundaries, taboos, you have rights, wrongs, whatever going on, okay? What is too rough? And it depends on mood, right? And what happens if your partner is maybe not rough enough? Can you tell them? Or maybe your lady is not rough enough. Can you tell her, right? And what would you do? And usually when rough sex, this is when I did a thing about talk dirty to me, a show about talking dirty, right? Is that when it's best, when it's rough and it's raw and it's animalistic and you guys are just saying, fuck me hard. How many people are like, you know, spank my ass. Do you, do you get hot and bothered by those things? Do you want that? Does that sort of pique? your interest maybe you want to try a little rough but you're scared right now the big stereotype right rough sex right talking about gender differences and rough sex that oh it's only guys right bang 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 guys guys just want to hit it and quit it rough sex they don't care it's all about them bam 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 ah nah how many ladies out there want rough sex they want the animalistic of being pounded or maybe they're the ones that want it rough and they want to be rough and they want to dig your nails in your back in your ass and the guy can't sit on the toilet to take a number two we'll say and because his freaking ass hurts because her freaking nails gouged his ass so bad right how many guys out there have experienced that you know, and you say, you know, man, gouge me all up. And yes, was it worth it? Oh, hell yeah, it was worth it. It was fun, animalistic, almost primal, you know. And so gender differences might not be differences at all. Depends on your mood. And there's some guys out there that don't want rough sex because that makes me more of an animal and you know, a bad guy. Damn right it makes you a bad guy. The wife or girlfriend says, I would like you more rough. And maybe, right? And it crack, <laughs> cracks me up thinking of American Pie movie, right? Um, when, uh, I can't even remember the actor, actress's name. Well, you'll get my drift. Where she's on top and she slaps him. Say my name, bitch! <laughs> you know, telling that to him. How many, how many... Guys would love that if their women got rough with them, sort of slap them, right? Say my name, bitch. Tell me what you want. <laughs> that So women enjoy can enjoy rough sex, given rough sex, and also receiving. And we want to talk about giving and receiving, right? Um, and what happens, right? What do you want when it comes to rough sex, right? What do you want? Do you want to be spanked, right? Maybe you want to be spanked. Does your guy want to be spanked too? 
Can guys be spanked or is that just wrong? No, some guys like to be spanked. They like that too. What about hair pulling, right? When you're making love, sensual, maybe slow, deep, staring at each other's eyes, and all of a sudden you just grab and yank her hair. She's going to freaking knee you in the nuts, <laughs> right? So, you know, the hair pulling or tugging might love it. Like I said, you have to be fully aroused in the heat of passion. Sometimes the hair pulling and the gouging of the nails, it heightens your senses, right? It might heighten your experience and make it, you know, fun, worthwhile, more primal. And But if you're not in that mood, it can hurt and you're going to get in trouble, right? You might be cut off. So, you know, there's different ways of rough sex. Yeah, there's bondage, S&M, and everything else. People know that. But I'm talking even out, you know, outside of those realms or if they're not in your repertoire, sexual repertoire, that you can get on, you know, spanking, hair pulling. Everybody knows that, right? What about biting, right? What about pinching nipples? Ooh. Does he want his freaking balls pinched? Does he want them pulled, tucked? Do you want your nipples, lady, pinched? right? The more excited you are, the harder they are, the more you want them pinched or maybe tugged on or pulled, right? Oh my God, I need a fucking cold shower now. (laughs) But, and even guys, do you want your nipples pulled, right? Guys, do you want your hair pulled? Or do you think that's not masculine enough, right? These are all Maybe venues or ways to roughen up the sex a little bit. Is it different positions? Does it make you feel, if it's rougher, it makes you feel more naughty, almost like it's taboo, right? Does that make it more engrossing, more enticing? Are these things you can do? Now, not to tone it down a little bit, but what are precautions, right? You don't want to hurt the other person. Like I said at the beginning of of this episode, if you will, or this segment of the show, I mentioned about you want to be fully aroused. You don't want, you want to hurt so good, you don't want to hurt bad and get injured, right? Um, You know, some people love their back scratch or clawed, right? Women, when they are heating a passion, they just love digging those nails into you. And the guy's like, oh, fuck, that's going to hurt tomorrow, right? Or do they call, how many use those as battle wounds, war wounds, right? What about sexual war wounds? How hot is that? You might not be able to walk straight, right? Um... But was it worth it? That's what it's all about and the satisfaction that goes along with it. So uh, there's the mental aspect and also the physical pleasure all tied in to one dealing with the rough sex aspects, okay? Can you, you know, and you look at, not only that, do you look at taboos as far as the rough sex? Getting on, you want to set boundaries, of course, and what you know, what is too rough, right? And what can you say? 
Can you tone it down a little bit? Not that rough. Not that rough. Ah, that's it. That's it. Communication again that you should be open to. Grab my nipples. Grab my nipples. Oh, not that tight. Not that hard. Not that hard. Easy. Oh, that's it. That's it. You know, so everybody has their view on what appropriate roughness is when it comes to rough sex, right? You need to talk and you need to communicate. And some people might, you know, rough sex you know, vaginal sex, but they think the same thing. Oh, I can be so rough doing anal sex if you're into that. But you might hurt your partner into that, right? So you need to lay the groundwork and what's taboo and not. Maybe ahead of time, I'd like to try this, whatever. You know, but you don't want to hurt a partner. That's going to be definitely could cause injuries for one thing and also can kill the mood right and totally your turn on totally heightened animalistic mood can be freaking damped hindered killed in a matter of a second so you need to remember that and you know you talk about you know if you're you know rough sex into anal sex and even oral sex too, right? Nibble it, bite it, chew it. Oh, not that hard. So you need to lay the groundwork and what's boundaries, right? That you can have safe words or even, you know, not that hard, not that hard. Oh, that's it. Talk to each other. Tell each other what you like. And if you want it rougher, do it. Nail me harder, 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 right? Or, you know, oh, ease up, ease up. And that's okay. And you can do that. Because you are connected emotionally, which is great. During rough sex, you're still connected emotionally, which a lot of people don't get. However, you need, it doesn't have to kill the mood, right? You know, oh, I can ease up, but it doesn't kill the mood. We can still, whatever. That's important, right? So remember those aspects when you're incorporating, right? You have maybe the aphrodisiacs of all these senses. And can you sort of turn it into rough sex to keep what I always, my old standby, right? Fucking throw me up against the wall and fuck me, right? Can it be rough like that? Can you grind each other, right? And what is rough to you? Maybe you want to, maybe you're afraid or apprehensive to kick up a notch when it comes to roughness. Oh, my wife ain't that way. Or my husband, my boyfriend, you know, He's more timid. He's not into that. And I talked about long time ago on a show about bringing your freak out, right? Would this be a time to do it? Can you bring your freak out in a rough way, right? Can you do that? Oh, you know what? I love it when you just squeeze my balls. Do you love it when you get your tits squeezed, maybe bit? A little bit. And I talked about biting. Does it, do you have a special place where you like to get bit on your ass, on your nipple, on your breast, on your neck? Maybe by your collarbone, right? Ooh, maybe on the side. Ooh, more sensitive by the ribs. Does that turn you on? You talk, communicate about what rough is to you, right? What is taboo? And you have to set the precautions big time, right? And everybody can have fun with the rough sex. You know, can you do it? And how many people still have those taboos? Oh, rough sex, we can't do that. Because, 
you know, we love each other and I can't, I, I can't do that. I'm not that type of person. And he might think I'm a freak and a slut if I want him to pound me hard, right? Or, God, I want to pound her hard, but I can't because I'm a good, good church-going boy. Mm. Yeah, you guys, I'm not picking fun, but these people still exist out there. And can you sort of work together as a team and roughing it up a little bit? Not all the time, but once in a while, it's fun. It's sort of animalistic. It's a carnal knowledge of one another that intensifies the relationship. So, you know, you can have rough sex and it can be fun and just freaking nail biting that you can kick it up and just be animalistic and primal and you both love each other and you both are into each other, right? That is a phenomenal mix. And you also can have the softer, more gentle, right? You can have all of it. And you can incorporate all of it by communicating and intensifying your relationship and the emotional connection all at the same time, right? What more would you want? Freaking awesome, right? So, everybody, you have a very nice, very enticing hump night. Maybe you can incorporate this, the aphrodisiacs and rough sex, it's coming on 9 o'clock. Maybe you can incorporate a little bit about this tonight, right? Make me scream, right? Oh, my God. Let me squeal like a pig. Make me scream like the slut I, I am. <laughs> can you incorporate that into the rough sex and aphrodisiacs all in one? Hopefully, everybody listening and that are listening to the recorded view because their kids are still awake. Um, yeah, we don't want to sort of ruin their childhood. Um, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. Hopefully people gained some insights too, um, into maybe elevating their sexual repertoire, if you will. Okay. Thank you for listening. This is Greg Dzinski. This has been the Art of Relationships radio show. I will be back on Sunday at 8 o'clock. Thanks again. Everybody enjoy the rest of the week. Stay warm. Much love. Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor Greg Dzinski, also known as Master G., the Art of Relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.